0: Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth, straight up.
1: I'm Julie Hayden, and I'm working
2: An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper.
0: They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive everyone's voice is always welcome on the chuck and julie show
1: all right everybody it's another new week chuck Bonniewell, julie hayden um chuck and julie's grassroots show truth straight up
3: that's right the show brought to you by mountain west wellness advanced acupuncture and chinese medicine so okay we've got me coming to you from the chuck and julie world headquarters chuck coming to you from the A publishing Colorado- hub of denver That's right. And we have George Brockler (laughs) coming to us from the world headquarters of the 23rd Judicial District (laughs) Campaign Headquarters. Hey, George. (laughs) Hey,
0: George. Good to see you. How's the world headquarters there? (laughs) It's good to be here. This is also doubling as one of my son's bedrooms.
2: So oh, there it, uh, <laughs> Mine very doubles as a basement.
0: Operation. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Your basement <laughs> looks great. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank goodness for the little seeds. So I wanted to have you on. Um well,
0: I wanted to have him on
1: in order to for for him to he's be running for the new twenty uh, third judicial district. Um, some people call it the George District. Um, what is, i like you know, that uh, they they, so they created this for george we know he is. that's oh, what i said george
3: <laughs> when they created it i used to kid and say it's a george brockler job protection <laughs> district you know,
0: if they, it's funny you bring that up if they had wanted to do that they would have built it so it started right Right after I left the 18th. Well, yes. But my understanding from the people I talked to was that that ended up being a reason they kicked it down a term. (laughs) They were like, let's (laughs) let this guy leave office and do something (laughs) stupid like be a talk radio host or something.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, for folks who don't know, um, George um, is not at K <clears throat> and U S anymore. K and U S anymore. And
1: anybody you, who is
0: still left at J K. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> question. Great
3: question. <laughs> but that is because you're run, you know you're running. So why don't? So this is it's a yeah, new tradition. Tell traditional us what you're, what you're running yeah.
0: on and who your partner is. If you have one and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let me step back a little bit because some folks, I think. I think they know how all the pieces of government works, but, you know, that's so much more complicated than it should be or than anybody really appreciates. Um, In Colorado, we divide up our prosecution function at the state level into judicial districts, not by counties. And that's different than how they do it probably east of us, especially when you get beyond the Mississippi. So Indiana has like 92 elected prosecutors. We have 22 at this point. They're judicial districts they run along county lines and they don't change based on population ever and so the last time colorado added judicial districts to this growing state was like 1962 63 wow. and they created the 17th that's adams broomfield the 18th which is arapaho douglas elbert and lincoln and 19 through 22 and so for the first time in 60 plus years, they've created a brand new judicial district. And what they did was they carved Arapahoe County out of the 18th, which is the district I was the DA for for eight years. So Arapahoe will be the 18th and the 23rd will be Douglas, Elbert, and Lincoln. Now, I've lived in Douglas County, my family and I, for 29 years. I'm no stranger to this place. I didn't, uh, you know, bobert my way in here to run for <laughs> office or anything like that, at this this is home for me, right? I mean, every office I've ever run for has been from Douglas County, whether it was DA or governor slash AG. And if I say 2018 out loud, it makes me want to cry a little bit. <laughs> but um, I've only ever run from here. So, so this is home. And, and I think that's what speaks to me about this is um, I'm invested in the idea that I want to do something in public service. I want to do something to stem the tide of crime that we're seeing everywhere. And frankly, um, I have a very limited skill set, but it turns out I'm okay at this prosecution (laughs) thing. I'm pretty good at the prosecution. So I want to do this and make a difference for my community with whatever time I have left. And uh, I can't think of a bigger challenge than taking a metro area district and saying, Now you have a brand new judicial district in January of 2025. We have no playbook for it. There there is nothing else like this. Um, The other thing I'd say is if and when I pull this off, I will be the only Republican DA left in the metro area. Everything else, 1st, 2nd, 17th, 18th will all be controlled by Democrats. And of that group, there are at least two who have had Soros money in the back in the past. You right.
3: Know. Well, let me, I mean, just a couple sort of technical questions because I think it's interesting. Yeah. How does it? Will there be a new jail facility, a detention facility, or a, a, how's it going to work? You just, I mean, you, are they building you a courthouse yet? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it,
0: it's such it's such a smart question, but because we have these existing courthouses, you know, every county, with the exception of I think Broomfield and Denver. Uh, by law, has to have its own jail and courthouse and all that stuff. And Broomfield and and Denver sheriffs are appointed. They're not elected like the other 62. So it's the exact same structure in terms of buildings and jails. It's the same. Sheriffs, it's just they're now going to have the authority to prosecute distilled down to some representative of Douglas, Elbert, and Lincoln, which, as you know, is an incredibly conservative and Republican part of the state. And Arapahoe County is... Not um, right I, it, now that we've talked about the sheriffs, I should throw out there I have the endorsement of all three sheriffs for right. this office already, so that, um, that seems well, like a plus.
3: Yeah, yeah, it How does seem the like a plus. Have they, are
0: they yeah, are
3: the, are the public defenders no, I, on your side?
0: <laughs> no, I think what I heard was a lot of eye rolls, size, and not him again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You are not uh-huh. their favorite, not the public no. defender's, not the public defender's favorite. No. <laughs> what are, you know, when you look what, at that.
1: What, 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 what things are you running on?
0: What are the it's such a, g- it's a great question. One, there has to be, you know, in a way that you wouldn't see in another race where if you had somebody from inside the office, someone that had 10, 20 years of experience, the issue of competence, leadership and experience may be one that you put on the back burner. But here. It is maybe one of the top few important things about getting this, this office off the ground. This is not an on-the-job learning type yeah. of position, but there isn't anybody like that running in this race. I, I represent that experience. The other things, and I'm glad that you're having me on because I want to run this by folks. I've been given a lot of thought to how we've been doing criminal justice lately. And uh, spoiler alert, I don't think we're doing it very well. No, I (laughs) I but
3: but it's so (laughs) much easier if you just let everyone, I mean, if you're the DA and you just like let everyone go, I mean, think, think, I mean, you know.
0: (laughs) So this brings me to this thing that I've been talking about since I've been on the campaign trail low this past week. And that is, what if as the 23rd Judicial District, we began to send the message instantly that if you steal, don't care what it is. It could be white collar all the way down to property out of someone's garage, whatever car. We don't care. If you steal, you will go to jail. That's it. You're going to be arrested. You're going to be processed. And I'm not talking about sending someone away for years or decades off of a, a small shoplifting. But the message will go out in this jurisdiction that when you steal, you are going to forfeit some of your liberty at the end of this process. I think over time, that's going to have a positive impact on the theft rate, which we're plagued by as much as anything. Something else. Well, You've now seen. uh, Go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, we've now seen Denver, you know, when they were all by themselves up here, many, many miles away from the border. It was super cool, you know, to say, guess what? We're a sanctuary city. And those 10 to 12 people that roll into town every year, you know, whether they're here illegally or not, we're fully supportive. Well, then. Thank you, Greg Abbott, for saying let's bring the border to you, and sending up these busloads of these migrants. We're talking what thirty-six to forty thousand. Denver is now overwhelmed. They've gone and said we need help. They tried to hijack. Well, they contracted with that Aurora Hotel. Do you remember that? Where they had all those other Mm -hmm. longer-term residents? Didn't tell Aurora about it. Didn't tell Aurora about it. And now we've seen over us, and I say us meaning Arapahoe Douglas. Colorado Springs is now starting to say, whoa, whoa, we got to push back now too. Do not be sending us people. We're not a sanctuary city. We don't want to be a sanctuary city. Well, what's in between Denver and Colorado Springs where this (laughs) is happening? This. So my concern is we're now going to, like with every other crappy policy decision Denver makes, it's like the old adage about when, uh, you know, the American economy gets sick, the world catches a cold. This is kind of like that. It's like when Denver imposes a public safety policy that's bad, the rest of the metro area gets cancer, you know? So my concern is we don't have the infrastructure in place anymore, thanks to the Dems and the legislature, to even appreciate how many migrants, illegal or otherwise, whatever you want to call them, are impacting our criminal justice system. We don't cooperate with ICE. We don't maintain information that used to be available when I was a young prosecutor in Jeffco. I I can tell you this, In the 18th Judicial District, about 60% of the crime is committed by people outside the 18th Judicial District. That's a staggering number, but it's an interesting one that we can at least talk about. I can't tell you what percentage of crime in the 18th, the 23rd, and no one can, is being committed by people who are here illegally or on visas or or, or any of that. We can't tell you that. I want to fix that.
3: Well, you know, and I did, How when I was at,
0: I mean, well, let me, let it. me
3: actually, I, cause I have a specific question yeah. about that. Cause when I was at the TV station, I did a ton of stories about this kind of thing and you're right. No one keeps track. My first question would be, would you, when you talk about cooperating with ice most of, and I don't know what the state law is on this, but so say I'm an illegal alien and they know I'm an illegal alien. There was a time many years ago when the, the people would maybe be released from jail, but then they would be given an ice flag and ice would come pick them up. Right.
2: That's right. Um,
3: it, now, would you, be able to implement that in this new judicial district or is that going to be something that's beyond is that up to the sheriff and the state laws do you see what i'm saying could you call ice like we used to do and say hey look we've got these 80 guys that we just picked up in a drug raid they're all here illegally some of their names have even been flagged how would that work
0: well the the, that's such a great question the the interesting part is would we even know to call see what had happened towards the end there right before the legislature got involved and said Guys like Sheriff Michel, who is a superhero down in Teller, who was the one that well, the last remaining sheriff that contracted with ICE to say, we'll take your overflow, right. we'll hold these people. And then the legislature sh- showed up and said, you can't you can't do that. These people need to get on RTD and and the bus thing. Yeah. Um, they uh, the interesting thing is, would we even know? So in the old days, sheriffs would just simply say, we're going to fax over to you. That tells you how long ago this was fax over to you a list of everybody we're keeping in our jail twice a day. And then it was up to ICE to say, okay, we found the ones that we're interested in. That practice has been ended by the legislature as well. So what we need to do is to get together with all of our partners, local and federal. And while I'm not interested in enforcing federal law, I'm not interested in thwarting federal law either when it comes to things like this, where we've been told repeatedly by the Supreme Court, locals can't do anything about this, sorry texas your your wire uh, wall gets to get cut down we need to do something about finding out who is here the impact that they're having and that part of the conversation we can then take to the policymakers and say you're screwing over douglas elbert and lincoln with these permissive policies which policymakers are you planning to go to yeah (laughs) well yeah well Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's a guy that's interested in becoming president of the United States. I don't know if anybody's picked up on that vibe (laughs) in the last six or seven years, but that's out there. Um, This is a guy that is going to have to confront what Mike Michael Johnson is dealing with right now. And if you oh, this is another thing. When we were talking about the impact of the poor policy, did you ever see that press conference by the mayor of Boston? who was, they're getting crushed with immigrants. She had a press conference where she takes to the podium and says, folks, you need to start inviting these immigrant families into your homes
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> to help them. And
0: it was like, you know what? When she does it, call me back. When Mike yeah. Johnson and Jared do it, call me back and let me know exactly. because I don't think that's gonna happen. Well, that I think one that the had policy- the parties just for- uh... Politicians of color? Oh, they tried. That's right. They tried. The, uh, the non-white people, right? They did try to do that. Um, I think you have to begin with the executives in these agencies and have a conversation, not just about what the potential information is, but a real deep dive on what can we do legally? I'm not looking to beat the law or thwart the law, but I am looking to find a way to share this information. And then we start talking about next steps. Legislature's got to know. I just think it's different when you can start to quantify these yeah. are the impacts of your crappy policies. Um, we got to make a change.
3: What about bail well, issues? Well, Wait, know, let me ask I mean, this: and then- Which,
0: which oh. executives are you talking about going to see? To crack- yeah, for us, huh? It's yeah, for us. It begins with the sheriffs of the three counties. You involve the chiefs of police of the major parts of that jurisdiction as well, so that they can begin to discuss. Here's the information we're capable of getting on the arrest that we make. Yeah, you oh, have to bring. Yeah, but I think so. I think no, so. No, no. I you think you'll find out
1: now. Now, yeah. now who now who do you bring in after that? Now you have
0: to you have to bring in the head of ICE, and oh, you have yeah, to involve
1: right. in... a Marcus well uh, appointee. Yeah, sure.
0: Well, for the moment,
3: Chuck, don't be so negative. January, but
0: in January, Chuck.
1: There we go.
3: I think it's going to be somebody <laughs>
0: different. I think well, I agree. <laughs> well,
1: else. hopefully,
0: he's, uh, I what know
3: he's not your the... favorite
1: guy, but I hope he's. I Chuck, hope
3: is, he's Chuck you're being life. negative.
1: i <laughs> I just want to know. Hey, who by you're the way, going I do. And if you're talking I to be tra- ca- I a Trump like appointee, be.
0: you're probably going to have a great chance. If you're talking to a yes, Biden, that's can, right. ICE, that's but also good. DHS. It's got to also involve DHS, which is the Myarcus piece right now. But you got to have DHS, and you've got to have you got to have ICE involved too.
3: What about stuff that you do, though, have direct control over? And I know I think you and I talked about this when you were the D.A. in the 18th. And I think there you guys did have good policies regarding bail. But, you know, there's so many places now that it's just a catch and release. Right. Um, Unless you happen to be, you know, a Trump supporter or something like that, then, you know, you get put away forever. What I mean, would you kind of try to buck the sort of the Democrat system and start seeking bail for in many of these cases?
0: Yes. And and here's the other important part of this that nobody talks about or exploits because we're in this Democrat controlled environment where the entire judicial branch has been appointed by one party. But here's the thing that we have available to us. and It's not without risk, but I want to sit down, develop a good relationship with the chief judge who I've known for over two decades. He was a young prosecutor in Jeffco when I was there. Um, And I want to have a conversation with the judges about this is where I think the community right. is on these issues. And this is where I'd like your cooperation. And if you disagree, let's have a conversation about it. But at the end of the day, we don't ever pursue the steps we can take when it comes to removing a judge who is inconsistent with the community that they represent. And, and no way should anyone perceive that as a, as a threat. It's not. But we have a retention system in place for a reason. Yeah. Nobody ever campaigns against judges who don't fulfill their, I mean, it, it's, it, it would take, Chuck, you know this from practice, right. you would have to murder someone in your courtroom on camera to even get a do not retain recommendation from the <laughs> judicial performance <laughs> review people, let alone not get retained. I think we could take a different approach with that. And again, I, I don't, it's not a threat. Are, it's are just a, hey, if you can't get on board,
1: then drop off the ballot. It? Say that again? Are those, those those judges be the same ones that kicked Trump off the
0: ballot here in Colorado? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, it could be. But, you know, they, they stagger those Supreme Court justices. I think at least one, maybe two of them, Chuck, are up for retention this year. That could be an issue. But, you know, we're in a state where, well, you know, the state we're in. And right, uh, I, I don't know if that'll happen.
3: It, you know, yeah. it's but it is worth a shot. I don't
0: think it is going to happen. I don't but think, I think
3: it, it could though, because I think judges don't like the one of the things I noticed when I was back doing the TV thing. We did a series of stories on this is nobody was even in the DA's office, let alone the judicial system, was even keeping track of it. And I think if you, like you said, so have a conversation with the judge. If the judge says, no, screw you, I'm going to keep releasing everybody because George Soros wants me to, um, you could then, as a DA, start keeping track of other yes. crimes this person I mean, and I think that kind. Kind of public pressure you know if you just kind of do that on a regular basis i think that's the kind of thing where you start making a difference i think because i was just I think, astonished and trying to get answers that i was like well how many of the people that you release on this no bail go back and commit another crime they're like well we don't know i'm like wouldn't that isn't be that crazy wouldn't that isn't be that something crazy? you would track and they're like well we don't even have a system in place i'm like i bet you could ask chat gpt to do it or something you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's another there's another tool available and it's one that you've seen aurora use And so I want to have conversations with Elizabeth, Lone Tree, Parker, Castle Rock. I don't know if Hugo is built like this out in in Lyman. But, you know, what Aurora said was to hell with you. The state system's going to keep failing us. And I don't think their objection was to Kellner. I think it was the objection to the judges who were like, did you only steal a couple cars this month? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, go back out. Aurora said, to hell with you. We don't care if we get felony convictions. We don't care about prison. We want the certainty of incarceration when you steal in Aurora. And so they created their own ordinance. It's capped at a misdemeanor. Can't go beyond that. And they said, you steal, you get 60 days jail. Man, I think it's 60 or 90 days jail, depending upon whether it's first or second offense. And they've seen a bigger decrease in the motor vehicle thefts than the rest of the metro area has. I think that's something worth exploring. And that is a DA saying, I may not be able to fix everything because of state judicial, but I will work with the cities to help get the tools in place where you can help us all get to a better place. Right.
3: Well, that makes sense because again, when I was a reporter, we would do this. And what I learned, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it's not like, so you have 80 million car thieves out there. What you probably have are like 100 really busy car thieves. So if you start putting those people behind bars... It's not that people say, oh, I'm going to go to jail. It's just that you have them in jail so they can't be stealing cars. It's same with, like, shoot, you know, gunshots fired, things like that. You've got a handful of people doing most of the shooting. It's not like there's an individual. So if you put those people in jail and you incarcerate them and keep them off the street, the crime goes down. It's like, hello? Well,
1: will the 23rd have its own judges?
0: They will. The way that they crafted the, a change in the law, and I think it may have actually been a ballot measure. That It was a ballot they, measure. Yeah. They sort of grandfathered them in, in a way, and that was to have them, I think, be capable of all being reappointed into the judicial districts that they reside in. Quick, quick story about this. When I was DA, they started floating this idea, and someone from judicial, I think it was their government affairs person, I can't remember the name, reached out and said, hey – do you think that we could build in a thing where you're grandfathered in so even if you live in Arapahoe, you could still be a judge in Douglas if that's where you're working and all that? And I said, no, a- absolutely not. If you won't live here, you can't be a judge here. That No, no voter I know in Douglas County would be like, <laughs> that's okay. Impose whatever sentences and bail you want as long as you can go home to some other place. That's cool with us. No chance. So they took that part out. And there is a period that they build this thing in there like that.
3: Okay. And one of the things, just to explain, Charlene was asking, and I know the answer to this, but I'll let you tell it. You know, how long did you have the radio show before you announced your candidacy? Was there a complaint? Why don't you explain how you handled? Because you didn't. You quit and then you announced, right?
0: Yeah. So I took over for Pete. i have been filling in for Pete after he had that on-air thing for a couple months and then they yeah. offered me the position. So I was on a little bit less than two years in Pete's spot, right about two years. And I just went out on my way to make sure that I never talked about the race. I never said like, hey, big enough, George Brockler. And in <laughs> fact, if you listen to that Friday show where I wrapped up, I never mentioned why, why I was leaving the office or leaving the, leaving all the right. radio at all. It was just a transition to Jeff and then we moved on and then Jeff had me on to interview me on Tuesday. So I went out of my way to make sure I I did not use that. And you know who would be pissed about that? Because you guys have worked with FCC stuff too. right? They're going to have to come up with time for any opponent if you start to use the position that way. And I told them, I'll never do that to you. I'll go quietly and then we'll talk about it after the fact.
3: So yeah, and, and and just for the record too, Deborah Flora did the same thing. She had a radio show there, and then she did the same thing. Like the day the day Ken Buck announced he wasn't gonna or he wasn't gonna seek reelection, poof, everybody quit. So she quit there too. So that's sort of standard for exactly the reason you explained. Otherwise, how did, how did the you other meet the challenges
0: been? when you were a DA and you had you had radio, radio. radio. Well, remember. That was right at the tail end there. And Mm -hmm. 710 had said, hey, would you want to do it? I said, yeah, but I have a day job. And they said, Mm -hmm. what about Saturdays at 6 to 9 a.m.? And I said, you got to be crack smoke crazy. (laughs) Get up in time to do a 6 to 9 a.m. show on Saturday. I'll do it. And That's so, what we
3: did. We said yes to.
0: I know, I know. So, seven years, I think, and, and I, two, three years at KOA. and uh, It's it's brutal time, especially when you have kids at home who have sports and stuff like that. It uh, becomes yeah. a challenge. And Friday night, you're like, "Woo, long, hard work. Oh, <laughs> damn it, I got to get up at like five <laughs> in the morning on Saturday. So I did that for a while, too. Um, I said this to Mike Roberts from Westward, I said, I loved everything about the job except the hours. That was it. Just yeah. getting up that early in the morning was That's brutal. That's a killer. Just That's brutal. a killer. Yeah.
1: Well, let but, me- uh, how, about, oh. how about the conflicts of interest? I never quite worried. I mean, somebody could go in and buy, you know, five ads for you that is a crook. And you Oh, know. you mean while
3: he was DA?
0: Yeah. While I was DA? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I think we had any crooks by ads for us, but I didn't <laughs> Not even know that would be the a problem. Potential <laughs> this is radio we're talking about. Somebody
1: want to influence you would would take
0: out time and everything else. I wonder how you got through that. Yeah. If I had, if I knew of a defendant, if you're saying, hey, did you build in like a law firm, some sort of conflict check where they ran everything through? No, but in large part that was because the advertisers I had, I brought to the table. They were friends or other people that I had known in business. Or long-standing people that Salem got so I suppose Chuck if something like that were to have ever come up I'd, I would would have said no can't do yeah. it right. you mm-hmm. can't have Let me,
3: then. so George we just where can people well, I guess,
0: uh, we got other things to
1: discuss Julie so okay well, we, got, <laughs> we have only a few
3: minutes we've got somebody else coming on on here in, in about yeah, five well, minutes wait
1: a little bit um I, I want to <laughs> say one thing you know I yeah you know, this is Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle, and I was in Glendale as yeah. part of Arapahoe County, uh, which is part of the 18th. And I think for your eight years, you were outstanding. Oh, thank you. Uh, you were just tremendous. So I'm, I'm fully supportive Thanks, of your, your, uh, your run for Douglas County, and I think it's going to be a great benefit to,
0: for everyone concerned. Uh, thank you. I certainly fully Appreciate endorse that. you. Um, thank you. That's a, that's a huge honor, yeah. Chuck. Thank you. Oh, you bet. I'm um, waiting on Julie to say me too. But oh, that's no, okay. No. Take your time. No, no, no that's okay. That's not... Pace yourself. Pace yourself. <laughs> well, I
3: do want to say, as a programming note, we're going to have the other woman um, who is running, another Republican who's running. She's going to be on the show Friday. So we're giving equal time to everybody. Yeah. But no, I would, um, I, I'm not endorsing or not endorsing, but you are hands down the best prosecutor you know trial attorney i and i covered hundreds and hundreds of cases right oh, thank you. That, I, that i ever saw i mean I've, saw, I've long said that about you too thank
0: you for for saying yeah. that, that matters thank you
1: um but going to another thing that's that's happened i mean it's pretty clear yeah. that even a local da um can uh, has enormous amount of power fanny willis in atlanta um bragg in new york uh, and other ones um so practically, one of your jurisdictions is Elbert County, and Jenna Griswold came in there and threatened the
0: Dallas uh, the
1: reporter yeah. Dallas Schroeder. Um, yeah. and you know uh, we need somebody who's going to stand up to <laughs> Jenna. Jenna
2: Griswold.
1: Jenna Griswold. Yeah.
0: Um, I, and, and I think that's that's super important to point out. When I was at Elbert County Conservative uh, Breakfast on Saturday. There was more than one question about, like, what are you going to do about election integrity and all this other stuff? And, and that's an important part of that, because Dallas Schroeder is a good dude. He's a commissioner now. Uh, his uh, the, the current clerk, Rhonda, is equally fantastic at what they do. The question is, what is in that law that allows the DA to stand up and intervene? Because it's tough, as you know, the way they've uh, drawn those election laws and some other things. It gives power to the AG's office. It gives a certain amount of discretion with the secretary of state in terms of rules and things that they can Mm -hmm. impose almost unchecked. And what you probably have the ability to do is to be um, on a soapbox about that at a minimum to try to to try to protect that. But, you know, the broader question about the politics and prosecution, I don't remember a time in my life that the perception of the criminal justice system has been on the ropes the way it is now. And I'm including, I'm including George Floyd. That was about the cops, right? But when you look at Fonnie Willis, and you look at Alvin Bragg and the stuff going on with Smith and the others, you now have a bunch of people out there. And I hear about it on the show. I'm sure you guys hear about it too, who have simply said, I don't, I don't trust the court system anymore. It's all political. That is death to the rule of law. If your perception as a potential juror walking into the courtroom is there's some sort of politics at play here, how can you expect to come to justice? How can you expect to come to the truth? So, I'd like to remind people that this may be a partisan office as a path to get there, but it is not a partisan office when you're in it. You are in it to uphold and defend the law, the election system, uh, your your elected officials when they deserve it, and all that other stuff. George, well, that let's is not so have 2018. Democrats look at I'm it. Um, What's that?
3: I no, I was how just, Democrats
1: I, look at it, but... Uh, I was going right. to say,
3: that's so that's so 2018, So,
1: but yeah, I'm joking, so, you're yeah, right. Yeah, so, so beyond the <laughs> times. Um, well, you know, you'll be running as a Republican. What where, where do you think yeah. about the party, the state of the party uh,
0: today in Colorado? I think we're in a tough spot. I think we're going through... Are, are we in a cocoon or something? And we're about to come out and see what we're going to be because the party is as fractured as I think I ever remember it being. And I think if we could get back to a common principle that we haven't seen in multiple election cycles now, and that is let's fight like hell and clean in the primary. But when the primary is over, let's remember that we're not the enemy, right? The, The opposition are the people that want to impose all of these ridiculous Colorado killing policies in place. But we don't do that. We're looking for some, this is my sense, we're looking for some sort of purity or some sort of a litmus test. And you can name any one of a number of issues on that. And if the person doesn't live up to it, well, then they're no. They're not only not the right candidate, they're a rhino, they're not part of the Republican Party, they're not conservative enough, enough, and they have to be destroyed, not defeated, destroyed. And if we well, could no, take just, some of that this, energy and focus it on the other side, I think but, but yeah, I'll,
1: I'll give you the other side.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, the donor
0: class, which you're part of the donor, <laughs> the donor's favorite. I wish I could write those checks, Chuck. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I know Chuck Well,
1: Yeah. Uh, but but all they do is what they've done to the like to, Dave Williams won the Republican nomination for uh state party chair. Uh, has Phil Anschutz, has the Coors family, have any of those people contributed one penny to the Republican Party in Colorado? And the answer is absolutely not. Do they contribute to any grassroots candidates who run for office? They never do. Um, the yes. unity
3: only goes one way. I mean, yeah, it's only
1: for donor candidates. Um, <laughs> and everybody's, you know, we represent the grassroots, so we're on the grassroots side. And we're so tired of, of Phil Anschutz. Colorado politics and all the rest of dictating everything to us. And now Phil is attacking Dave Williams with everything he can uh, in the Colorado politics, Denver Gazette and everything else.
0: Um, so what about. I'm not I'm not defending Phil, but I am defending the criticism in some cases that Dave has received. I've okay. never, ever, never seen a Republican Party go out of its way to create a vehicle to campaign against Republicans in a primary. I've never seen it. And you can't use Ken Buck as an example because it's a poor one. I've never seen a state party cha- chair say, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring for a contested Republican primary on a major seat. This isn't dog catcher. This is CD5. And just shrug it off like, eh. you know, I mean, he used the, the GOP email to send out his, his fundraising email. These are things that while there may be easy explanations and maybe they're dwarfed by all the good stuff Dave is doing and has done. Those are places for legitimate criticism by Republicans. I've heard more than one person say, I don't feel like someone could get a fair shake unless they're on Dave's happy list. You know, I mean, that, that's tough. Well, that's,
3: for what it's worth, no, but what that's fair how it feels being us. If you're for... on Phil's, not on yeah,
0: Phil's happy I mean, list.
3: They just get you're not hey, on listen... Phil's,
1: wait a minute, Julie. If, if, if you're not on Phil's happy list, what happens to you? You get destroyed. That's what happens to you. He uh, destroys you
0: I personally and otherwise. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, Chuck. Well, I, then I, you're I, not. Would he contribute to, to a kid? You got to get outside to... out of that
1: house a little bit. He will destroy you. <laughs> he will destroy you. He won't personally destroy you. He'll have Josh Perry, Henry uh, do it. He'll have other people do it. They're the most vicious, amoral people you can imagine. And just because you're on their good side right now, if you got on their bad side, let me tell you, they do
0: whatever they could to personally destroy you. My, my guess is is that Phil's commitment to Colorado and to conservative. Um, causes probably runs parallel with Dave's for about 85 or 90% of the way. But it's those last 10% where if you had the opportunity to make a change to get a leader in there that you think would be better for the party, why wouldn't you use the resources you have to advocate for them and against the other person? It's He, I mean, he it's does not, not
1: agree. Phil does not agree 85% with with Dave. He doesn't agree 10% with Dave. He He is center left. Um, as all the big billionaires are. They're all center-left now, um, and they run everything as if they should control everything. And if you don't follow them, then they stick your dogs after you. And you haven't been subject to those attacks, but I promise you they occur, and that's why this. you say, well, there's division in the Republican Party. Well, I can tell you from the grassroots side, the hatred uh, for the donor class and the other part of the party uh, that rig everything, that demand that we have uh, open primaries so we can get uh, pro-abortion uh, candidates for U.S. Senate. I mean, it's...
0: it's.
3: And then, the, yeah, that would just anyway, be I don't want to talk about this that. Yeah, the uh, unity only goes uh, one way. That's a whole conversation. Well, but,
0: but, for a different... but hold on, let me just ask you, who do you think provided funding amongst a bunch of others to defeat HH? It wasn't Dave. Dave didn't defeat HH.
1: No, but... No, well, they're but... great. They're great.
0: For, when it, when for it benefits
1: them, right who, who yeah provided all the funding to make sure we didn't we didn't get to close our primary them uh, who provided everything uh, to make sure that that the people coming out of the assembly never made it to the uh the primary ballot them I mean they've they've destroyed everything and everybody they can, and that's why I mean you don't feel the hatred
0: that's out there, but boy, it's out there. No, 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 no. I, believe me, I feel it. I heard it on the radio. I'd get the texts and the calls. I mean, I know it's out there. I get it. But if we can't figure out a way past this, and I'm not saying who should give more than the other, we're going to be a minority party here. I mean, how? How? We got 19 members of a 65 member state house. And you know what? what their voting record is? Only,
1: only a grand total of seven Republicans could even get a seat. There is so far to the Liberty left of the thing. legislature, oh, uh, including the, the minority leader in in the House. I mean, how much farther left can you get? How, how much farther
0: left can you get? Well, the the Dems. Dems. How about how about Epps and Hernandez?
1: Well, yeah. That is a little bit farther. Well, hey. you know, they'll be there. Soon the Republicans will try to get Epps as part of their their caucus. But anyway, that's just personal politics. You know, so we're
3: going to have to have you back, and we, and then actually this would I'd be love a good to, conversation. Anytime. Anytime. No, and you are good. You're, I mean, because that would be a good conversation, you know, yeah. to have the two sides. But f- let me, do, as I always do right, for no, Once the- again,
1: going back to let's go back to the DA race. I right. I yep. said adamantly, uh, I'm even going to send you money. Well, that's how much what? I like you. Yeah, I'll send you
0: some money. <laughs> well, don't, don't, and don't. You're don't that good. Buy a new you're a DA. You are one. You know, for really responsible for podcasters, the campaign contribution limit is. Hundred thousand dollars. Well, okay. I don't know that, if you'd that, ever we'll have, to do, we'll have to go for, <laughs> yes. for publishers of newspapers. And what's their That's Anybody? actually reduced to fifty thousand. So <laughs> I get it. Yeah. All right, yeah. George, so hey, you, thank you. you are a
1: tremendous. You are a tremendous DA, and will be a great uh, thank you representative for all of us. And I think it's it's a really a crucial race because, as you've indicated, there isn't going to be a Republican for anywhere else around denver so this is really important to get it right no and and i want to say
0: this too to you guys and and listeners especially all the people who are uh texting in their love and support for me uh but (laughs) i uh (laughs) i will say this you know this about me i'll come in anytime you want me to come in i'm happy to have the conversation and answer the questions i don't have a comms person that speaks for me it's just me and julie you know that from way back when i was doing this stuff if you got a question I'll be the one to answer the question. So have you. Right. And
3: it. I know yeah. Charlene has one. So we'll, we don't have time now because we have another guest, but but we'll yeah. have you back. And Charlene, will let you ask your questions. George, thank you. Appreciate thank you. your George time. You. Georgebrockler.com.
0: Georgebrockler.com. Thank you, guys. Georgebrockler.com. Right. George
3: Georgebrockler.com. And yeah. Charlene, I didn't mean to, it's just, we. I know everybody had questions for George. And so I didn't mean to say you don't, but we're running out of time. So I don't know, do we have Angela? Is she out there yet? Angela, are you
2: there? Yes,
3: I'm here. Okay. Thank you for waiting. We went a little bit long and I just wanted to get to Angela. Um, And so everybody will get to all your comments. We're going to have to have a George Brockler reaction show. Mm -hmm. But we have with us now, Angela Eicher, she's working on the ballot initiative 81, the Colorado life initiative team. And you guys had reached out because you're in the petition gathering stage and wanted to let people know. So I'm just going to let you, you know, explain what, what is the ballot initiative 81? What is it that you guys are trying to do?
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So our ballot initiative um, in a nutshell basically makes it illegal to intentionally mutilate or cause the death of any living child starting from conception up until adulthood. And so we've written it expressly to bring truth to the voters Um, because many people actually don't know about how children develop in the womb. It's like this hidden secret. Um, But biologically, when you study biology books, you see how children develop. Um, You see that before they ever enter the fetal stage of development, which we would call a fetus, they already have a heartbeat, brain waves, fingers, toes, faces. They feel pain before they even become what we call a fetus. And a fetus is just another word like a toddler. It's just how we describe a child in the fetal stage of development. So we've written this initiative and included language in it that describes how children develop in the womb. And it also describes our constitutional rights to protect our posterity and to protect those who are already alive um, and growing. And so... We're working really hard to get this on the ballot. We're looking for people who are US citizens um, to go around with petitions and gather voter signatures. We're gonna need um, a little under 125,000 valid voter signatures to get on the ballot but we're shooting to shoot past that. We have a goal of 200,000 yeah. valid voter signatures because we know some might be thrown out for a variety of sure, reasons. Sure. Right. Um, and
3: how long are you in that actual can, uh, collection pro, you know, procedure now? Are you going through that or is that start and when does it end?
2: Yes. So we started actually back in November collecting signatures, and then we're going to finish up um, April 18th. We have to have them all back to the secretary of state's office. Um, so yeah, we're nearing toward the end, so we're encouraging people to kind of we're doing like a 40 day challenge, pick up a petition, you know, get one signature a day for 40 days and encourage your friends and family to do the same um, because lots of hands will make light work. Um, we do have a website people can go to to find the distribution centers close to them where they can pick up petitions. So that website is got aheart.org okay. g o t a h e a r t dot org. Um, is the website
3: okay? So, now, are you guys okay. working now, how with how many signatures
2: do you have so far? So we have hundred and we have over hundred and sixty thousand signature lines out in circulation. Okay, but we are a grassroots um, volunteer movement, and so we're we have a lot of um, circulators. Basically, we're calling For upon you. each person mm-hmm. to just get forty signatures. Yeah. So we yeah. have the region, we have the state broken out into regions, and then into counties, and then. Yeah, so it's hard right, to say right. exactly how many signatures we have, yeah. but we have signature lines of 160,000 lines out there.
3: And I'm, right, I'm assuming, right. I think you had mentioned to be in a text that, although they're not due till April 18th, you would you would like everything in by the 31st of March, right? So essentially in a month and a half,
2: right? Just Right. That's our off. goal, to start calling them back in by the end of March. All okay.
3: Right. Now, are you guys affiliated with any national organizations too, or is this a... I, I mean, because it's some sometimes. I mean, it, it seems like this is a topic um, that is regularly people try to put on the ballot. And sometimes there's some national help. Sometimes there's not. What's your relationship, mm-hmm. if any, with that?
2: Right. We have a list of um, supporters on our website. Um, Those are uh, some of them are national. Some of them are state organizations that are supporting what we're doing. Um, But, yeah, we we are homegrown as far as we originated here in Colorado. And then we've just gradually over the past three or four years continued to expand our volunteer base in Colorado.
3: What are right. you hearing? Just a couple more questions for you. Because I know this does come up a lot on the on the ballots, and, it, and it, it fails a lot also. What about it is different this year that you guys think maybe you have a chance this time?
2: Well, this is the first initiative since Roe v. Wade was overturned. This okay. would be the first life initiative since then. Um, and then we've also seen through the years that gradually you know, the percentage of voters that have voted yes on these life initiatives has gradually increased. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're just taking up the baton and continuing on basically. But um, a huge piece of what we're doing is we feel like we've been silenced by the media as far as um, wanting to share our side of of the life issue. And so a huge piece of what we're doing is trying to get on the ballot so that in every voter blue book, There's a piece of truth that's that's showing, you know, this is how children really do develop, um, and and starting to to expel some of the lies that that people are exploited to, that you know, young parents when they're in their most vulnerable state are hearing these lies, Um, and and you know, they're from medical professionals and so they're believing them, but we want to want to be a voice of truth out there in the ballot. Okay.
3: Well, that's, a, that's interesting. Let me then ask you just a final, because we got, ended up running short with everything, but where just one more time can people go to find out more information, to figure out find where they
1: can get. or or.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. To help. Yeah. So to get all, you can read the full text of the initiative um, and then there's um, distribution centers where you can go to pick up petitions to circulate and then you can return them to the same place. Um, you can go to our website is org g-o-t-a-h-e-a-r-t dot org and you feel free to use any of the resources on there print them off you know use them to educate people um, because we really want to um, you know protect our children but also protect their young families or you know their families that might be in distress we want to love them and get to get them to the resources which are hopeful and life-giving all well, right th-
1: thank you very much angela for coming on and and oh,
2: thank you. You guys have all a blessed right.
1: day.
3: Thank you. You too. Thank you, guys. Okay, Angela, Angela Eicher, there with the It's a Color of Life Initiative. Got a org is a place to go. Angela, thank you, and keep us posted on how you're doing. Okay. Thank you. We'll do. All right. Um. All right. And so that okay. There's just so much to talk about too. We could like Chuck spend an hour debriefing the George Brockler <laughs> kind of thing. oh love the, George. I the, you know,
1: politically, we're. Opposite ends of the party, but I really
3: do like that guy. Oh yeah, no, I give him credit for being willing to come on, and we know yeah. this, right? For being willing to come on and talk yeah. about it. One other thing, so guys, this letter that we're talking about that you you heard George reference, I think we'll be talking about that more on Wednesday. The um uh, the Denver Gazette, the Colorado Springs Gazette, basically started a- attacking Dave, basically just making stuff up, saying he wanted to use Dominion voting machines at the state assembly, which isn't true, which they know wasn't true, and they They're don't like here. the fact that that Dave like replied back and called them out on it. So we'll be talking more about that also on Wednesday cuz this is just interesting too. Before we get to the Ukraine bill, Ken DeGraff is arguing a bill right now as we speak a voter registration cleanup bill basically um which I'm sure get killed in the the That'll legislative
1: go to affairs committee. And-
3: right. Yes, exactly. He's there. But we're going to have him on Wednesday, they talking about this too and what's particularly interesting is looking at the people who are lined up against cleaning up the voter rolls right yeah, i mean right. the county clerk huh the yeah. The ACLU, the County Clerk and Recorders Association, now you would Legal think woman the
1: woman county... voters <laughs>
3: yeah. it's it's kind of like and what the bill would simply do, well, I can we'll let him explain it. It's one of those ones that makes sense. It would actually save money. There is no fiscal note um and and of course, they're, they're going to kill that. But Chuck, why not this Ukraine bill, we were talking about that, so on Super Bowl Sunday the senators were busy passing. They said, okay, screw all you people. We're not even going to put border security in this. We're just going to give $95 billion to Ukraine. Um, and they pass it. But apparently, too, J.D. Vance has been putting this out. There is a, a sort of a kill switch in there that if Trump were to win and were to try to cut off the Ukrainian aid, he would automatically be like up for impeachment. I mean, it prevents him from trying to do it, Right.
1: But you know, you can never put anything past the Democrats. They're, they're just such a wonderful group. Well- um-
3: What's interesting? This one you had 18 freaking—I mean, sorry, George—but rhinos signed along with this bill too. And it goes back to—I think we got to remember the interview we did a long time ago with Robert Spencer, where, where we're like, "Why are all these people? Why do these senators care so much about Ukraine?" And it just talks about the money laundering process, right? So the United States sends federal money to Ukraine. And Ukraine sends federal money or sends that money to um, back into campaign contributions to the military, no, industrial the complex. No, they
1: take. They take the money and give it to Bitcoin. Then Bitcoin gives it to all the politicians and stuff. Right. And they, so it, they usually have a couple of cutouts uh, before right. it it hits the uh, campaign coffers. What does hit the campaign coffers right away is is the contributions from Raytheon, McDonald Douglas, all those people. And and you know the Republican Party, to tell you the truth, is dependent upon those defense contractor. Donations, and that's why you know we're in endless wars. I mean, you know, oh Afghanistan, oh you know Libya, oh you know.
3: Well, and we're in endless wars. The whole
1: system has been so badly corrupted.
3: Well, and it's it's corrupted to the extent that I mean they know that people are tired of the war in Ukraine, right? They they know that people are over it, and they don't care. They're going to keep funding it. And Mitch McConnell knows it's incredibly unpopular. And so, what do they do? They pass it anyway, right? Now it's going to be dead in the House. So I'm not sure. Maybe.
1: Maybe. OK. I wouldn't count on that. I wouldn't count on. No. In fact, I'd count on the opposite. Call Ken Buck and it, see. It passing the House.
3: Right.
1: Um, you know, tomorrow you have the George Santos uh, primary where he got kicked out of the House. The Democrats ahead by four points. as Republicans destroyed themselves again uh, by throwing out somebody before he was convicted. Uh, no Democrat would ever have done that. But the party is stupid. Loves to do stupid.
3: Right, right. Well, yeah. No, the Democrat—they don't even wouldn't even care if he was convicted, right? Convicted right, of what? Now right. they'll jump up and down about Donald Trump, but the, but otherwise, but they don't care about that. So right. it'll be. So we'll be keeping an eye on that as well. But it, it's just. You know, and again, no George isn't here to defend himself now, but it's kind of like George. That's what the grassroots are sick of, right? The grassroots are sick of, and you know, and they're rhinos, and rhinos don't like being called rhinos, and there's a reason for that because another, it's another word for traitor, basically, right? And so uh, that's what people are sick of. They're sick of Republicans funding stuff they know people don't want, doing nothing about border security. And then, like I said, with Mitch McConnell, not even pretending he cares about border
1: security actually either, right? Well, they, they, then he they has Lankford do the, the, the front guy. And if you really go through that border bill, it was amazing. They said, look, there's nothing about uh path to citizenship. And uh, Mark Rubio, um, you know, came out and said, of course it does. If you get asylum, you get a work permit immediately and you can apply for citizenship, you know, 4 years later. And they were going to have thousands of these kind of people saying, "Oh, you get asylum, you get asylum, you get asylum." And they have a backlog for 7 years. So they would probably they would have they would have probably put in 10 million maybe People would have gotten it based on this. I mean, it's just. Uh, and it would
3: have been, it, it was so many, it would have been useless. I mean, who's going to go, I, you know, if everybody and their mother and their grandmother and their great grandmother and their grandchildren have asylum, what's the point of sort of trying to to, to sort it out? So um, anyway, hey, that's going to wrap it up for us today. You guys, you had a, a lot of great comments. I'm sorry we didn't get to all of them. And yeah, we're aware, we'll talk about George and the red flag law too. Um, but and Wednesday, like I said, we're going to have, we'll be talking about, you know, again, from Charlene, we're going to be scrutinizing and censoring rhiners, rhiners, rhinos, rhiners. Um, get reiners. those rhiners. I know how to get them too. And then Ken Graff will come on to talk about this voter registration cleanup. And all the people
1: bill. are against it. That's the best list: the people right. who oppose cleaning up the all the good government groups that oppose <laughs> government.
3: cleaning up the voter rolls. <laughs> hey, everybody! Thank you very much. We will see you all on Wednesday. Have
0: a great day. Thanks, everybody. Take care.